In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus began to speak to the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He fenced it round, dug out a trough for the wine press, and built a tower. Then he leased it to the tenants and went abroad. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them his share of the produce from the vineyard. But he seized the man, thrashed him, sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. Him they beat about the head and treated shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed, then a number of others, and they trashed some and killed the rest. He had still someone left, his beloved son. He sent him to them last of all. They will respect my son, he said. But those tenants said to each other, This is the heir. Come on, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. Now what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and make an end of the tenants, and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this text of scripture? It was a stone rejected by the builders that became the keystone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. And they would have liked to arrest him because they realized that the parable was aimed at them, but they were afraid of the crowds. So they left him alone and went away. The Gospel of the Lord The parable paints a situation of great injustice. The tenants, who should have been grateful for being allowed to occupy a vineyard which they did not own, cultivate or develop instead, displays the most egregious ingratitude by committing several high crimes. First, usurping the authority of the landlord. Second, attempting to steal his property. And third, finally murdering his servants and even his son. Their wickedness knows no bounds. The landlord had fenced the vineyard and built a tower to guard against thieves, poachers and miscellaneous intruders. But the irony is that these human constructions could not guard against the enemy from within. The tenants that were invited by the landlord to occupy this vineyard and given a license to tend it in the name of the landlord. But just like other parables, the antagonists of the story should not be our main focus. Once again, we are asked to consider the landlord, who clearly represents God. The point of the Lord stating in great detail how the vineyard was developed by the landlord was to underscore how every aspect of the vineyard was diligently planned and executed so that the tenants couldn't blame anybody if they did not reap a good harvest. They had no excuse. Our Lord also wanted to remind his listeners about how God, the real landowner, had provided for the nation of Israel just as the landowner in the story had provided for his tenants. 
from the time God had promised Abraham that he would make him ancestors of a multitude of nations. The Israelites had been God's chosen people, and God had given them every single thing they needed. Whenever they seemed to forget this covenant, God would send his prophets to remind them of how special they were in his sight. Isaiah, in using the metaphor of the vineyard to speak of this unique relationship between God and Israel, describes them as his beloved. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and declared it of, cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. Instead of listening to the prophets, they treated them despicably. Some were beaten, like Jeremiah. Others were killed. Just have to look at Nehemiah. And some were stoned. The parable reveals another facet of the landlord's personality. Patience. He's a god of second chances. He sends other servants when the first group are beaten and ignored, some more than the first. Unfortunately, they meet the same fate. Finally, the landowner decides to send his son, saying, They will respect my son. This decision was not the result of his naivete, but of his compassion. But when the tenants saw the son, they thought that here was an opportunity to gain the vineyard for themselves. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. These are prophetic words which would describe how our Lord would be executed outside the walls of the city of Jerusalem. When the Lord had finished telling his listeners the parable, he asked them, Have you not read this text of scripture? It was a stone rejected by the builders that became the keystone. The reference to the keystone comes from Psalm 118. Once again, we return to the theme of construction, which we encountered at the start of this parable. The keystone or cornerstone or foundation setting stone is the first stone set in the construction process. All other stones are set in reference to it, thus determining the alignment and stability of the entire structure. If a building has an imperfect keystone, not only would the aesthetics be marred, the building would also be unsafe. Just as the vineyard would be nothing without the landlord, the building would be nothing without its keystone. What is the building? It is the church. We are the living stones that form it. And without Jesus, everything is out of sync. And even a cursory examination of our lives when it is devoid of Christ would reveal the truth of that. Without him, we are insignificant insecure and rootless people chasing after wind and grasping after straws. The parable of the wicked tenants is relevant to us today because we are now the tenants of the vineyard. The requirements of the landowner are the same, that we bear fruit and we bear it in abundance. The parable therefore serves both as a reminder of what God has done for us and a mourning of what will befall us if we forget this essential truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.